Damn, that was the greatest Bulls breakdown the station has ever heard. Glad Tyler fixed the Bulls for everybody. I hope I, the Bulls I tried caught to that. jump in a couple times, but Tyler was just, I mean, he was. He's wow. on a roll. Put him in Tyler. Sometimes you can't goes. stop the train. It's, it was it was ISO. Get uh, get Tyler the yeah, ball I, and I get out the Demar. way. Yeah, I went Demar on that possession right there. That's what By the Bulls the way, need. Uh, someone who's, when you're filling in for Carmen Yurko, one of the hosts is obligated to leave <laughs> for five minutes. Just. <laughs> And Yurko usually does it once a week. Yes, so. yes, yes. So I was filling just, the Yurko yeah, role. We've got a quota to hit. Right there. So, yes, we uh, we have back. done it for the day. Thank you, thank you. Much appreciated. Glad to be back. As the snow flurries continue to come down here on State Street across from the Chicago Theater, right here on 190 North State Street, inside the old National Bank studio, I'm Jeff Meller, along with Tyler Aki, as we fill in for Carmen and Yurko today. So far, we've done a lot of Bears talk, obviously talking about Justin Fields not getting a Pro Bowl nod. Maybe it's not quite a snub, but was hoping that he could have secured that third spot. Nevertheless, Geno Smith and uh, Kirk Cousins were the two. We knew Hertz would get in, but uh, those were the two where you thought maybe you could make an argument for Justin Fields. But he does not get that honor. Maybe, just maybe, he'll be able to get a... He'll be able to step in and be the, the Pro Bowl alternate if... The Eagles end right. up going to the Super Bowl. But we also had some actual NFL news come down earlier today. They made the announcement that the NFL Sunday ticket is headed to YouTube starting in the 2023 season. Now, the NFL Sunday ticket, which initially began way back in 1994 and was a partnership began with DirecTV, which held the rights for what will have been 28 years at that point. And they, there was, uh, it came up for you know, contract discussions multiple times, but for a, over 25 years, DirecTV always stepped up to the plate and was able to secure those rights. I remember you know, there were always talks and discussions about other companies stepping up. But what was interesting, Tyler, was that back in 1994, when DirecTV did actually land the contract to broadcast the Sunday ticket, the satellite provider really did receive a huge boom from it. It was, you know, it really did put them on the map back in 1994. And I will tell you that the reason I have DirecTV is solely because of the NFL ticket. Oh, yeah. I know. That's the reason a lot of people have DirecTV. I mean, I remember Fred Hubner. He always said he, he had uh, DirecTV because of the Sunday ticket, I believe. And I will tell you that it really did buoy the DirecTV business for I would venture to say the last 10 to 15 years. I think the primary reason DirecTV is still in business is because they had the Sunday ticket. I do not believe that DirecTV in its current iteration will continue for very much longer. Like I think once they lose the NFL ticket next season, they are going to have a hard time retaining their current subscribers. And that's what YouTube TV is getting right now. And when they land this when they landed the Sunday ticket which they will start broadcasting next season, they acquired the most valuable uh, subscription retention property in media. And yep. that is the NFL. People who like me who have DirecTV are now going to have a decision to make. Do you want to go ahead and I, I guarantee you I do not think I will be a DirecTV customer come this time, you know, next summer. Mhm. Mike, the question will be, you know, will I be a YouTube TV subscriber? That I'm still kind of just jostling around with. I think I probably will be, but it's going to take some, you know, I'm going to have to kind of redesign exactly 
how I watch my NFL Sundays because right now I've got three TVs in my day, my basement set up specifically so that I can mm-hmm. watch three different games, you know, and then right. I'll usually set up the iPad with a fourth. And that's just like how, how I've always yeah. done it and how I like to consume my NFL football because obviously fantasy is a huge part of what I do for a living. So I like to be informed as much as possible. I'm curious, though, you know, I do have a lot of friends, too, Cowboy fans, you know, um, other 49er fans, people who get the DirecTV or, or got DirecTV and the Sunday ticket just because they wanted to watch their out-of-market team and they wanted to be able to consume all the games. I wonder, going forward now, will they, like me, choose to cut ties with DirecTV and become a YouTube TV subscriber. It was interesting, too, and it kind of it plays well in Chicago because, remember, when there was the pivot to, to cord cutting with YouTube TV, Hulu TV, Sling, all those other sort of services, those Internet TV services, a lot of people in Chicago gravitated towards Hulu TV because they were the only ones that had marquee. Yes. And now I, I don't believe Hulu has marquee anymore. Correct. Um, but I've always been a YouTube TV customer since, like, me and my roommates, we, we decided we were going to roll with YouTube TV. It had the best sort of value when all, things and were all kind of laid I'm out. I'm assuming you guys have no cable provider, right? Correct. No cable, yeah, you're yeah. Just, you've, we're you've, just YouTube TV. Okay. And I love it, personally. Like, mm-hmm. I think it's it's great. It's easy. It's especially for, for people of my generation, like, the way that it's all laid out, it's pretty easy to consume. And I think... Even my parents have figured it out too. Like the YouTube TV is kind of the the way of the the way that we're going to see a lot of this um, the television and consuming move moving forward. So I, I personally was pretty excited when I saw this come across yesterday because I don't have to do any sort of changes or anything like that. We're just going to add the the Sunday ticket, ticket package, package yep. to, to what we've got because in in my uh, household we've got me a Bears fan, we've got a Steelers fan, and we've got a Bengals fan. So we got, they got to watch their AFC North teams, and you can't do that every single Sunday here. But yeah, and so that's interesting. Steelers and Bengals fan in your, you know, your roommates. So they right now, as it currently is, they just take taking red zone and whenever well, they, we have we have the um, Sunday ticket through because you can buy it yes, like on the, its own on your, on your, uh, your on laptop, yeah, or, or we, laptop or your uh, we iPad. We stream it through the the Xbox. Okay, so yeah, there you go. So, All right, so yeah. you, so for them, there there you go. Perfect mm-hmm. example: Bengals and Steelers fans who want their teams, and that's the one thing. Again, I'll reiterate: it is the NFL. It's the most valuable property out there that will drive new subscribers and will also retain your current subscribers. It's it's yes. just it's unbelievable the power of the NFL. Like, let's be honest: you look around at what you pay for, you know. What streaming services you pay for, you know, what could I hold up in front of you and say, hey, I've got this. You want to sign up for a new one? That's the thing. It's like we're at a point where they're, you know, most people, you know, they're looking through their bills and they're saying, do I really need a third, a fourth, a fifth, a sixth, a seventh or an eighth streaming service? Right. And I know a lot of people are like, there's a lot of great content you hear about. We do what to watch for on Waddle and Sylvie every Friday. And it's always like, okay, well, do I have that service? Because there's so many different ones to choose from. But if I told you, hey, especially if you're somebody who has, you know, long been an NFL Sunday ticket subscriber, you may be saying to yourself, well, I didn't have YouTube TV. I'll be honest. I don't have YouTube TV. I'm not a YouTube mm-hmm. TV subscriber because I have direct TV. Now I'm going to have to probably consider doing it. It's that or, you know, turn to a different cable alternative. And what will exactly happen with Red Zone? I'm curious to yeah. see. Now, this they, the NFL announced that, you know, the partnership mm-hmm. 
they obviously are not going to tell people initially if they if if they if part of the agreement by YouTube TV was less a demand that you can't have the red zone. I, you know, I'm I think that's in play potentially because you know it could. It's one of those things where if I'm YouTube TV and I'm going to be paying you know multi billions of dollars yeah. for this property, I don't want to have red zone available on a carrier like Comcast because it siphons off some of my potential subscribers, right? So I'm curious to see what will happen with the red zone and Comcast because, again, the, the NFL is not going to tell us the day they're making this major announcement, oh, yeah, by the way. Right. Like, I, that's not in the if, – if anything, yeah. we'll find out about it you know, right before the start of the season next year to drive subscriptions to YouTube TV. Here's what I would say. The NFL – has all the leverage in any of these negotiations, and they understand the power of the red zone. And I don't think the NFL would ever let that entity slip away. Well, see, then if here's the thing, though, you're right. But again, if I'm YouTube TV and I, you know, I'm I would have played hardball and I would have said, listen, this is, you know, in part of this package, you're going to have to make the red zone go away because I want people I want to carry the red zone if mm-hmm. I'm YouTube TV. Well, so we have red zone through our YouTube TV. It's mm-hmm. an extra cost that we have to pay. So YouTube TV has seen funds come in because yeah. of what the red zone is and, too. And you're talking and there's by the way there's two different red zones for those who may right. not be aware. Mm-hmm. You've got the Scott Hansen version which is the NFL network and also DirecTV had a red zone their own red zone which was hosted by Andrew Siciliano um, and has been for, you know, a, a long time. Look, the red zone's great. I think a lot of people love watching it because if you're, it's like, it's like the perfect, um, if you're whatever you're watching your team, it's the perfect compadre, right? Like to yeah. have on the other TV is the red zone because right. you get all the action and no commercials. So it's the perfect thing to watch. I'm curious to see what the fallout's going to be with YouTube TV, you know, obtaining the Sunday ticket rights. Let's try Pete, who's in Antioch. Petey, what's going on, my man? Hey, what's going on, gentlemen? You tell us. Happy holidays to both you guys. You Happy well, holidays, Pete. Hey, so I'm kind of with you, uh, Jeff. I, I got DirecTV only because of the Sunday ticket. Like, I was always an Xfinity guy, mm-hmm. and I got away from DirecTV because every time, like, you got wind yep. or some sort of condition outside, you lose signal. You don't really get that with Xfinity because, it's obviously, it's underground. Mm-hmm. But my question for you guys is, is YouTube's a streaming service, so I go to my buddy's houses now and watch games on their service, and they... It's behind. It's slow. Like I can get like updates on my phone before the plays even happen on their television. Is this what we're going to get with YouTube and the, and the Sunday Ticket, or are they going to do something where we're not seeing those delays and those things dropping off? Well, you really can't avoid it. Like that's the only way. I mean, the the best way to do it, Pete, is just turn your notifications off. And I know that may be easier said than done, but I will say this. So I've got. I, I'm a, a crazy person, all right? I so think, I, Well, listen, you yeah, and I, anybody I who works in this business probably is. I get a, a scoring notification anytime there's a point in the NFL. Uh, eight right? points, look at eight you. Point eight points in point. the NFL. Yes, you are a crazy person. It, all right? Um, I get the same thing. I get MLB run notifications, too. Um, so, we... Like I've noticed with the... So, with the Sunday ticket that we have, it's a, it's a streaming Sunday yep. ticket. It's slower. Like, it is... Yeah. Even, it's like probably 30, four, 45 30, 40 seconds. seconds behind... Yep. What uh, what I'm seeing on YouTube TV, yep. too, so, which is already like a little behind. We also have the uh, the old antenna too, which you can get all your sure. local channels from, yeah. and that's as fast as can be. Yeah, 
But um, I would say with the YouTube TV, I haven't noticed as much of a delay as some of the other streaming. Like when I'm streaming through um, the ESPN app or for like an ESPN Plus game or uh, the Sunday ticket or something like that. And truth be told, like, you know, Tyler's right, Pete. Like the streamers, they're at the mercy of whatever, you know, the speeds are, the Wi-Fi speeds in your local neighborhood, right? And a lot of that depends on the carrier. The the issue, you know, especially if you're like, it does suck. It's an inconvenience. You know, you're someone who's consuming fantasy. If you're watching the live updates on your app, you know, you mm-hmm. see, oh, I, I just saw Josh Jacobs. All of a sudden, he's got eight more points. He clearly just scored a touchdown. And you know to look up at the TV. But it is. It yeah. does take a li- away some of the drama. The bigger issue, of course, is live betting, right? Because that's yeah. obviously becoming more mm-hmm. and more um something that the nfl needs to but even with live betting like the well yeah i know you have to be in the stadium to really have the edge i feel like or just the you know the tv breaks to after scores right generally give you enough time if you're quick on it to still Mm -hmm. take advantage of it but no i until we see higher wi-fi speeds across the country i do think you know you're always going to find some issues with lag time especially if you get into more remote areas you know that's where it does become more and more problematic 312-332-3776 if you'd like to chime in about the nfl sunday ticket going to going to uh, google this is courtesy of nicholas he tweeted at us um uh, scott hansen did tweet this morning congrats youtube and nfl on the new sunday ticket deal and yes, NFL Red Zone will still be available to you. Okay, listen. So I feel like that's all the confirmation. That is we no, need. that's great. I'm glad he uh, pointed that out because I, I'm still. You know what though? I'm still going to remain a little bit skeptical, Tyler, until the next NFL season starts with YouTube TV having the Sunday ticket. But we'll see how it plays out. That's good news though to hear it from Scott Hansen. Three one two three three two three seven seven six. Up next, it is Thursday. That means it's time for McKnight at the movies. Working from home? We're back in the office. Don't miss a minute of Carmen and Yurko. Just ask your smart speaker to play ESPN 1000. Let me clarify. I have no doubts that the NFL Red Zone will exist. As Tyler just mentioned, the tweet from Scott Hansen confirming that. What I should have said is, I wonder if it will still be available on television providers like Comcast slash Xfinity. Mm-hmm. Because, yes, YouTube TV with the Sunday ticket package will clearly want a red zone. But that could also be part of the allure that they say, hey, yeah, we're going to carry Scott Hansen's red zone on YouTube TV, but maybe it's possible it will no longer be available yeah. on providers that don't have the Sunday ticket. And if I was YouTube TV, that would have been my demand is, hey, you know, part of the reason we were, were paying you $2 billion for these rights is we want people to come over and subscribe to us. And so we don't want to be, you to be giving away the best part of our product to anybody who wants it, wants it commercial free without paying us. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I, so, I totally agree with that, too. And also... The, the tweet from Scott Hansen, too. If I'm doing a little uh, social sleuthing here, yeah. why is Scott Hansen congratulating the NFL and YouTube if Ooh. that's not maybe the, the plan right there? Yeah, right? exactly. Like, so, like, yes, it will exist. The question is, will it be available to people who don't subscribe to YouTube, YouTube TV? That is my question, and I would be surprised, I guess, if, uh, if, it, if it is, I guess, at this point. Let's try Jeff in Jacksonville, who has a thought on this. What's up, Jeff? Hey guys, how's it going? Thanks for taking my call. 
Um, I'm I I'm happy that YouTube is getting Sunday tickets and everything. But my question is, how is this going to affect bars? Because most bars having Sunday ticket, they all have Direct TV receivers. How is this going to affect them if it all goes to YouTube TV? It is a great question, yeah. Jeff. They're going to have to work it out, and I know that that was an issue with you know Amazon Apple, Prime and Apple, and Apple too. yeah um you know and you know you're right absolutely lots of bars are direct tv subscribers specifically because they know that a lot of their sunday business is driven by having any nfl game available right we've got lots of great partners at the station here who you know provide yes. like twin peaks for example mm-hmm. wherever you want to go there you know there's great options to go ahead and check out an nfl sunday and just consume lots of great food you know and have a beverage or two there as well um, the NFL is going to have to figure out a plan now. It hasn't been finalized yet, but I did see, you know, uh, some people tweet about it. That's something they're going to have to figure out. Obviously, they're going to want their games available, but, you know, but the problem is too, a little bit of this lag time we're talking about as well. It's, you know, a lot of bars, you know, depending on how recently they've updated their TVs, they, their TVs may not be necessarily smart TV, you know, um, capable. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. like if you built out a bar, your TVs may not necessarily be. And, and it, like, this may be ten years old, but some TVs, yeah, you, you could get a good TV that goes for ten plus right. years. But I, I do think that the cost that would come with cutting down from K, uh, from Directv to YouTube TV would be able to subsidize whatever TVs you n- may need to update within the confines of your restaurant. Well, yeah, too. listen, at some point you'll have to do it, no doubt about yeah. it. Um, I don't know because well, the question is how much. Will the additional subscription be? Right now, it's about four hundred dollars a year mm-hmm. on Directv for the Sunday ticket package. You know, I would imagine that it's going to be somewhere in that neighborhood for YouTube TV subscribers. You're going to have to have a YouTube TV subscription, and then there's going to be an add-on. Word is that's why Apple actually did not land. That's why they stepped out of it. Is because Apple wanted to make Sunday ticket available to anybody who's an NFL, an Apple TV subscriber. They didn't want it to be an add-on. That right. was the disconnect between because a lot of people believed that Apple was going to land this contract initially, yeah. mm-hmm. and the reason that that's not the case is because Apple wanted to say, "Hey, you're, what's Apple like six ninety nine, seven ninety nine a month?" Yeah, something in that. They wanted to say anybody who's an Apple TV subscriber, mm-hmm. Sunday ticket included, and the NFL said, right. "No, no, no, that hurts CBS and our other our, our Fox, our NFL partners because you're just taking then all their business." So the NFL is demand, or that was part of the deal is they want. Whoever got this package, you're going to have to be an add-on subscription to whatever you are already providing. Yeah. Let's uh, take uh, one more here before we get to McKnight at the movies. Andrew is in the city. What's going on, Drew? Hey, guys. Hey, I just want to talk about uh, YouTube real quick. Mm-hmm. TV. I've had YouTube TV for two years now. I've had no problems with it. I love it. Um, and as far as lagging... Like NBA and football games, you're getting probably a 15 second lag, maybe 20 second. But it doesn't bust for like all the other Hulu's and all the other ones. I've never had a problem. But I do have Comcast, so I might be part of it. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I've had YouTube TV. I'm coming up on three years now with it, I think. And I mean, I don't see a, a situation where I'm ever going back to anything different. It, like I, it, I'm such an advocate for it that like my parents, they just moved. And as part of their move, they they got rid of um, they got rid of the uh, cable traditional cable and went to to YouTube TV as well. You uh, talked them into it. You, you uh, I think they they just asked me about it. I said I loved it. I said it's easy to use. I think you guys can figure it out. So it, it was a, a pretty easy sell for them. 
There you go. All right. Uh, this right around this time every Thursday on the Carmen and Yerko show, you get to play McKnight at the Movies. McKnight at the Movies. Connor McKnight recreates classic cinema on Carmen and Yerko, only on ESPN Chicago. All right, so if you're new to the game, driving around listening, here's what we do. Connor McKnight, the fine pre- and post-game host and occasional play-by-play man for the Chicago White Sox here on ESPN 1000, the White Sox radio network, he will give us the play-by-play of a famous movie in three parts. And as soon as you know what movie McKnight is giving you play-by-play of, give us a call at 312-332-3776. And if you are correct... You will win yourself a $50 gift card to Masa Cafe. Where is Masa Cafe? That would be in Elmwood Park. All right. I'm going to be so good at this. Oh, what? <laughs> yes, no doubt about it. It's funny because occasionally Connor will hit a blind spot for me and I feel so exposed when I'm listening and I have no idea what he's talking about. I feel pretty confident the odds are in my favor when I'm stacked against you, Tyler, who yeah. hasn't seen anything Prior to what, 2012? Uh, roughly? That may be a little generous. Oh, all right. So there you go. I was trying to give you the benefit of the doubt. Here you go. Part one from Connor of McKnight at the movies. Our scene opens on a foursome at the table. Two men, two women having dinner and from the sound of it coming up with a plan. It's a brainstorming session, really, but they've just arrived at the big idea. They are out to save a friend who's in over his head. As the group fires ideas all over, one man, seems to be the ringleader, says he's put it all together. He's leaving the table now to go make a phone call. As our leading man leaves, his buddy tells the women at the table that he's worried. The main man has that look in his eye, he says, and that's always expensive. Interesting. Anything Hmm. popping in your head right now? Got a few things rolling around, but nothing that's clear right this second. Again, 312-332-3776. If you know what movie Connor is giving us right here. Part two. A bit on our actors. The ringleader is an icon. His voice is unavoidable this time of year. Your grandmother definitely had him on vinyl. The sidekick got his break on the radio and succeeded on stage and screen. Huge baseball fan. And there's a great Jerry Reinsdorf connection here, actually. The second female lead is one hell of a dancer, former Rockette. The lead female is Hollywood royalty, an aunt to a modern-day leading man. I know that didn't help you out at all, Tyler. I'm lost. I can see I'm the, in a blunder right now. I can see the blank gaze in Tyler's eyes. We might have a winner, but it's not confirmed just yet. Final part from Connor here. We've cut from the table. Nice place, by the way. Very Vermonty feel to it. The lead man is on the horn calling the shots. He's excited. He's got a chance to help his old buddy. More than a buddy, really. A mentor. Almost a father figure. The sidekick is on the other end of the desk and keeps asking about a price. It takes a few times before the lead acknowledges the question. He's finally asked it of the show manager on the other end of the line. He gets his answer, and it is staggering. Without saying a number, he's explained it to his old pal from the Army. It's going to hurt, but that's what it takes to put a show like Wallace and Davis on the road. Tyler has no clue. I'm not sure it's what I thought it was. In fact, I'm pretty sure it's not now. So uh, I don't know if I've seen this movie. I think Rick and Schomburg may have, though. Rick, what movie is uh, Connor giving us in this edition of McKnight at the Movies? It is White Christmas. White Christmas. That would make sense this time of year. Uh, you are indeed correct, Rick. Hang tight. Let's uh, reveal for those who may not have gotten it. 
This is the scene that Connor was breaking down. But if you ask me, what this place really needs is a dynamite act. Now you're talking. If we could get something really big, something sock like... Uh, like Wallace and Davis. No, honey, you couldn't get them. They're too big. Wait a minute, Wallace and Davis. How about that, Bob? We could do our old nightclub act, fit the girls in here and there. Might be wonderful. What do you say? I think you got something. Huh? It's a great idea. It's half a great idea. Anyhow, will you excuse me? Young lady, get me the New York operator, huh? Okay, Mr. Wallace. This way. I don't know what he's up to, but he's got that Rogers and Hammerstein look again. Is that bad? Not bad, but always expensive. Excuse me. I know, I know it sounds crazy, Al, but you're working for crazy people. Now, get this straight. I want the whole show up here in three days. Yeah, the whole show, sets, costumes, and all the cast you can round up. Hey, wait a minute, what's this going to cost? Everybody gets an extra week's pay, and you get a bonus, Al. What's this going to cost? We open Christmas Eve. The tab, how much? Al, what's this, uh, this going to set us back? Wow. How, how much is wow? Well, okay, Al. Do the best you can. Good luck. Uh, how, how much is wow? We got a big job, Buster. A big job. Now, whatever acts we can't get, we fill in with the Haynes sisters. How much is wow? It's right in between, uh, between ouch and boing. Wow. Oh, I'm right behind you. I'm not going to lie. Uh, that entire time, because mm-hmm. I had a feeling it was going to be a Christmas, Christmas movie, movie, right? No doubt. So the entire time I was trying to like fit it into Elf, and when he, <laughs> when he was giving out the hints, I was like, sure. I was like, got to be Elf this time. Got, no. Like I was just trying to like mold. I was trying to fit his idea into, into your yeah. into my my thought and headspace. You know what? That is a great description because numerous times I've gotten sidetracked because you. Connor will be giving you the play-by-play, and then you hear something that fits, like you said, Elf or, you know, um, I think uh, initially Meet the Fockers jumped into my head Uh because he talked about, you know, four people at a table, and I couldn't get it out of my Uh head, and I was trying to shake it. And I'll be honest, uh, I'm not a big Christmas movie guy, Uh so um, I may, I don't think I've ever seen What Christmas All the Way Through, personally. Not a big, and I imagine based on your reaction. I looked it up, 1954. No thank you. Yes. Honestly, I knew Bing Crosby was probably the guy he was talking about, but... I don't, like I said, I've never seen White Christmas all the way through, so forgive our uh, naivete when it comes to Christmas movies, but Tyler and I were no help there. But uh, congrats to Rick, who has seen White Christmas, probably like a good majority of the listening audience. 312-332-3776. Up next, Todd Furman joins us to give us all the information you need to know to make your Christmas Eve plays. Don't forget, we've got a lot of Saturday games this week. We'll talk to him next here on ESPN 1000. Carmen and Yurko. Follow at Carmen DeFalco and at Yurko64 on Twitter. On ESPN 1000. Chicago's home for sports. Christmas. It looks like it will be a white Christmas. At least we should have some snow on the ground. It looks like a snow globe outside on State Street right now as it's coming down. As Tracy Butler informed us, should be coming down now for the next three hours or so, and then it should taper off. But it is also going to be very, very cold over the next couple days. And of course, that means we're going to have a very frigid game on the lakefront as the Bears host the Bills. And that means that uh, a lot of people are wondering, should they be looking at the under? Tyler, I think that depends on the number. 
which means it's a perfect opportunity for us to bring in the man who always joins joins Carmen and Yurko around this time on Thursdays, Todd Furman. You can follow him on Twitter at Todd Furman. Of course, he's the host of the Bet the Board podcast. Todd, good to talk to you as always here on ESPN 1000. So how are you playing the Bears and Bills on Saturday with this uh, frigid temperature in the forecast here? Uh, always a pleasure, gentlemen, and I will openly admit this time of year, seeing the single-degree temps and windshield factors uh, exceeding that minus 10 threshold reminds me why I left the Chicago suburbs to be out here in the <laughs> desert uh, right around the holidays, but uh, hopefully everybody's able to stay safe and stay warm. As far as football implications on Saturday at Soldier Field, it's been interesting to watch this number move. Uh, the Bills opened as a 9, 9.5-point favorite. The Bears have taken a wave of support, pushing it down to 8. And you've also seen some under money come in as well. This total was as high as 45 and a half when it opened up. We're now in the high 30s for a lot of the elements that you guys outlined. If this game was played in optimal conditions, I think both teams would have plenty of success being able to move the football. Buffalo through the air against that much maligned Bears secondary and the Bears' ability to impose their will physically in the trenches against a Buffalo run defense that showed plenty of vulnerability in inclement weather last week against Miami. I think as this total ticks down, there's actually a little bit of value created in the over. You don't love to go into a game with a total this low knowing that Mother Nature isn't going to be working in your favor, but eventually you reach a point where it's more than accounted for in this point spread, and I think Buffalo's familiarity in cold weather, whether the Bills, the Bears' ability to run the ball creates a little bit of a situation where we're going to see some success here. So I'd wait this thing out as long as possible, look to make a case to go over the total, and lean ever so slightly towards the Bears, because I think it's the kind of game that Buffalo will have a 7-10 to 10 point lead throughout the course, and you'll have a chance to sneak in that back door with the Bears ticket late in the game. I tend to agree with you, Todd, and I think that's great advice to wait it out as long as possible here. What if uh, you know, on Saturday afternoon around 11.30 local time, we're looking at it and we're actually seeing these potential 30-plus mile-per-hour winds, consistent winds that have been in the forecast with gusts of up to 50 miles per hour. If you see wind like that, at that point, are you saying, you know what, even though it might be advantageous, it's too much wind, or how, how do you play that out? Exactly, and I think that's the big fear factor with all of these things. Wind is the number one element that you want to try and factor into your handicapping when you're looking at totals. And we saw that Saturday between the Bills and Dolphins. There wasn't really any wind to speak of for the better part of three quarters, and that game turned into a true scoring bonanza with the teams combining for more than 60 points. If we're talking about steady wind gusts in that 30 to 50 mile an hour range, it really takes some of that big play potential out of the equation. It's three yards in a cloud of dust. And even at that point, I would need this number to tick down, say, to 37 and a half, 37, for me to even consider making a value bet rather than looking to go over 39 and a half. Todd Furman with us here on Carmen and Yurko. So, Todd, how does this impact the uh, prop market, too, with player props? Like, is there a way to take advantage of that market, given the conditions that we're expecting to see on the lakefront this weekend? Uh a hundred percent, and I think one of the markets that you're going to be apt to try and chase after will be the over-under for the longest reception that's widely available. So if you're talking about some of the deep threats that are typically guys known for their speed and taking lid off, lids off of the defense, you'll look to make strong cases to go under. The same kind of market that you would potentially trying to bet longest field goal under their totals as well, since it'll feel like kicking a cinder block into gale force winds, that'll make things extremely complicated. But at the same time, you do have one of the bigger totals on the board in a game that should have frigid temperatures between Seattle and Kansas City. And if the market overcorrects a little bit too far, you can still find some value to make the case to go over. So it's kind of the game-by-game basis, and I hate to make any blanket generalizations in terms of how you should be approaching 
decide the totals and the player prop markets. Uh, but if you happen to be watching that weather forecast and you're seeing some of these numbers set based on season-long averages, you're typically going to get a slight edge, uh, which is extremely rare to find. Tonight, we've got the Jacksonville Jaguars coming off of two straight wins, including the OT walk-off against the Dallas Cowboys, going to New York to take on the Jets. And, of course, Trevor Lawrence has been somebody who's getting a lot of hype because of his play as of late. How do you look at this one, uh, and what's the current line on the Jaguars visiting the Jets today, Todd? You're looking at the Jets right now, a short favorite, guys, anywhere from two on the low end, upwards of two and a half. It's been bet up a touch from where it was at a pick This total, much like every other game on the board impacted by weather, you've seen under money come in. 39 and a half was what I saw as the peak, more or less, out here in the desert. We're now looking at 36 and a half. I want no part of going under the total here, because if this game was played in optimal conditions, you'd have two offenses that were both going to find pathways to success. Jacksonville's defense leaves an awful lot to be desired. They'll obviously be aided by Zach Wilson and his inaccuracy. I think the Jets are going to commit to running the football with Zonovan Knight. Meanwhile, on the other side, I mean, Trevor Lawrence put up massive numbers last week against the Dallas secondary. A little bit more difficult to throw on DJ Reed and Sauce Gardner on the outside. So you mentioned player prop markets. Uh, I would look around uh, and try and identify, you know, Zay Jones, some of his over-under for receptions and yardage. I think you're going to get some numbers that are slightly inflated there, uh, given the gaudy performances he's put up in recent weeks. And that would be a player that I'd look to bet under, maybe more so than Christian Kirk, who could have a little bit of success operating out of the slot. Todd, one of the interesting things we saw this week was with Jalen Hurts going down with an injury. We have seen the favorite at MVP flip from Jalen Hurts to Patrick Mahomes. Do you see any value in finding an MVP future in Jalen Hurts or even maybe a guy like Joe Burrow or Josh Allen? I think it's a two-horse race, and I think if Jalen Hurts were to miss the remainder of the regular season, it's going to be all about Patrick Mahomes. Uh, Quietly, he's put together arguably one of his best campaigns since the narrative coming into the year was all about how this passing offense will look without Tyreek Hill in the mix. I mean, Patrick Mahomes is less than 1,000 yards away from breaking the single-season passing record. So I think that in and of itself should be a standalone achievement. If Hurts only misses this game and is back for next week against the Saints or potentially Week 18, then suddenly you've created a little bit of value, and his number is it's drifted out in that plus $2, plus 250 range. But I think Nick Sirianni, if he's smart, is going to err on the side of caution. Dealing with that sprained shoulder, there's no real incentive to rush him back. And even for the game this weekend against the Cowboys, this price got out to six. You saw a little bit of an appetite from professional bettors taking the six with Philadelphia, thinking that Gardner Minshew won't be that big a downgrade here. And I kind of joke, but I really do believe it, that if Philadelphia goes out there and loses by three touchdowns this week with Minshew under center, that may be the best thing to help Jalen Hurts' candidacy for MVP, saying that this offense truly can't function without their pivot under center. Todd Furman joining us here on Carmen and Yurko Melarnaki. And for the guys here on ESPN 1000, another Christmas Eve affair. The Patriots, after one of the most comical endings to a game you'll ever see, are on to Cincinnati and Joe Burrow, who Tyler just referenced there, and the Bengals go to visit the Patriots. It looks like right now the Bengals are laying three. What are your thoughts on that one on uh, Saturday, Todd? You mentioned the pretty wild outcome for the Patriots, and you wonder if they can rally the troops with their season hanging in the balance. The Pats right now, about a 19% chance to get into the postseason if you look at the implied probability in the betting markets, and obviously a very daunting task in front of them when you look at their final three opponents. Uh, but this number did see a little bit of money come in on the home underdog at three and a half and four. I couldn't quite get there with my numbers to try and make a case for New England, uh, just given the fact that the eye test doesn't always necessarily mesh with where I think the point spread should be. Bill Belichick calling out Mac Jones. We've seen Mac Jones' body language and some of the challenges getting on the same 
Page as his offensive coordinator in Matt Patricia. But it's a little bit of buyer beware here with the Bengals. I know people are infatuated with that 34-23 win against the Bucks, but they didn't even get to 250 yards offensively. It was a lot of short fields, fortuitous bounces there. The second straight game on the road for the Bengals, and they just happen to have a massive showdown a week from Monday against the Buffalo Bills. I don't think they get caught looking past Buffalo, uh, or excuse me, against New England here. But if they don't get a few breaks, it could be a little bit problematic. A game I'll probably stay away from here. Todd, for Christmas Day, a lot of people love betting the, the NBA. And one of the, the popular trends that surfaced a couple of years ago was the Christmas Day unders. Has that sort of faded now into the as it's become more and more public? You're going to see books make a little bit of an adjustment, but I think some of those trends obviously are more for those folks that are firmly entrenched in the day-to-day. People will talk about it, but we know that more often than not, people aren't running to the window to bet unders when they're watching NBA games in their entirety. And when you look at some of the totals, we've actually seen a couple of them, albeit with a few shops that are open, take some over money. Uh, Memphis and Golden State open to 225.5. You're out to 227 uh, at some books. Uh, but I don't like to ever really buck some of those trends there, especially with the unusual start times for these teams that are a little bit staggered. So take every game on a case-by-case basis, but it's definitely something to factor in. If you're on the fence, you may want to gravitate towards going under the total rather than rooting for points of plenty on the holiday. All right, Todd, before we spring you to uh, celebrate the holidays, any best bets for us? I know we've got some Boxing Day Premier League action. It's all on the table. What do you like uh, looking ahead? Yeah, I mean, the European domestic leagues, it'll be interesting to see, especially for teams that lost a number of key contributors to the World Cup, how they elect to go about setting their lineup. So I think it's tough to try and bet some of those fixtures uh, a couple days in advance. But when you're looking at the NFL slate, uh, for me, I'll go to Christmas Day and I'll back one of the ugly ducklings uh, and lay two and a half with the Denver Broncos at the Rams. I think Denver's defense will be the best unit on the field. This Rams offense is still searching for an identity, and while everyone fell in love with the Baker Mayfield story and what he did coming back against the Raiders. It's still a group that has generated a grand total of 15 points through the better part of seven and a half quarters if you back out those final two minutes. I think Russell Wilson coming back actually gives the Broncos a little boost offensively and they get a big road win. And if you're looking for some of the bowl games, you got to kind of hit the fast forward button to next week. Uh, I think Oklahoma is in big, big trouble against Florida State. Uh, they're seen a number of their key contributors already defect to the portal. They're not quite sure what they're going to do at the quarterback position. And a lot of the comments out of Norman are about how they're going to use this as a jumping off point more to see what they have before spring practice. Florida State coming in with a much more business-like mentality here. And I think this could be the definition of one team looking at a bowl game very differently. Uh, I think Florida State can name the final score here. So I'd look to bet them in the first half at minus six or even gravitate towards laying the nine for the full game. Todd, as uh, Carmen and Yurko have already started their holidays early, just want to say from them and everybody at ESPN 1000, me, Tyler, and all our listeners, we always appreciate you steering the sled in the right direction, giving us some advice. So thank you so much for being uh, a great participant on ESPN 1000 and for Carmen Yerko all year long. We do appreciate it, truly. Hey, always a pleasure, guys. Thank you for having me on. Uh, I want to wish everyone a happy Hanukkah, Merry Christmas, and whatever holidays they may celebrate. And most importantly, stay warm and stay safe. Uh, I'll be watching some of these frigid football games on TV, but more than thrilled that I can walk into my backyard where it's going to at least be 60 degrees on Sunday. Sounds good. That is Todd Furman. Again, you can follow him on Twitter at Todd Furman. Check out the Bet the Board podcast. A great listen if you want more great betting information there. I'm Jeff Meller along with Tyler Aki as we fill in for Carmen and Yurko on ESPN 1000. 
Did you miss some Carmen and Yurko? You don't have to miss anything. Podcasts are ready on the ESPN Chicago app. Carmen and Yurko on ESPN 1000. Chicago's home for sports. Snow's coming down. It looks pretty windy out there, Tyler, on State Street, I have to admit. Looks like it'd be a nasty weather to drive in. Can't wait to make that drive home later tonight. Good luck to you. Yeah, be safe out there. If you don't have to hit the roadways, probably a good idea if it's at all avoidable, especially over the next, I'd say, four to five hours with the snow coming down. Hopefully, and the wind, all that stuff. Yeah, hopefully most people were able to take advantage uh, and work from home if they're still working through the rest of the week because, yeah, pretty nasty out there. Are you done with all your uh, holiday shopping? Dude, I'm any? about to go oh, oh, after no. the show. <laughs> oh, no, Tyler. Oh, boy, oh, boy. It's very minimal left that I have okay. to do, but there's something that I have to go into a store to actually get. So, Oh, no, I, Am- no Amazon Prime to save you for that one, huh? You no, actually that, have to go. Actually, well, Amazon Prime could have saved me. I just I Didn't procrastinated. Have yes, yeah. yes, mm-hmm. yes. Uh, well... You can uh, you can watch the Jags, and I'll be watching the Jags and Jets on Amazon Prime tonight, like a lot of folks out there. But what we have not played yet, and I know you wanted to mention this because someone pointed it out, Paul Allen, who uh, we are big fans of here at the station, the play-by-play man for the Vikings on KFAN. He has been a frequent visitor with uh, Waddle and Sylvie uh, over the years for a long, long time. Um, you know, I know he's also been a uh, participant with Cap and Jay Hood and Carmen Yerko as well. So uh, the play-by-play man of the Vikings doesn't ever hold back when he's uh, discussing the opponent. If you missed it, here was Paul Allen taking aim at a lot of Colts players, a little bit of a mashup of the greatest hits from the Vikings' comeback against the Colts on Saturday. Take a punt and blow it. Snap, hawk, left-footed punt, bad punt. Rager runs up on it. Their punter's terrible. Flag comes in. This referee called um, officiating his first Viking game, Trey Blake. I hope you never come back again. Empty snap, another four-man rush. Throws left to Jefferson, who's blasted by Stephon Gilmore, who should be thrown out of the game. Stephon Gilmore should be thrown out of the game for that hit. And he's lucky that somebody doesn't come off the sideline and whoop his butt. And it's intercepted at the three-yard line. For some reason, Jalen Rager stopped running the round. Yeah, get him off the field. Are you kidding me with this Jalen Rager move? What are we doing? That's the second interception that Cousins has thrown trying to get the ball to Jalen Rager. The other one was the pick. Notice they don't have Stephon Gilmore on Jefferson anymore. Funny how that works out. Second and four. This hawk punt. How the heck is this guy in the league? Bounces at the 15. Of course, it takes a bad bounce for the Colts because their punter's terrible. Let Jefferson get up. That's a the flag. End. They threw the flag. Well done. Well there done. We well done, you cheaters. Go ahead and keep cheating. Mind you, the Vikings came back the most, <laughs> yeah, the biggest comeback in NFL history, and that was Paul Allen laying it on thick to uh, what he was not happy with throughout the broadcast, throughout the game. Do you like when announcers do stuff like that? I do. I think, look, it adds uh, some personality. And it's not just what he's saying. It's the way Paul Allen delivers yeah. it with with such authority. Right. Like, there's no, you know, there's you, you couldn't even question it if you wanted to. Right. Because it's one of those situations where it's like you don't even have to, sometimes just Doing so with confidence and gusto yeah. will get you through the situation. Especially on radio, too. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. You don't have to be correct, but if you do, it, if you believe in whatever you're saying, or at least pretend like you do, uh, you can go far, very far sometimes. Yeah. I, I think it, in certain sports, it works better than others. Like 
football radio where no, there's no like hometown TV call of yes. it. Yes, I think it's perfect. Baseball, anything, just because it's 162 games, perfect. Mm-hmm. But like basketball, I don't know if I need that in basketball all the time. Um, and hockey, I mean, I don't watch an, enough hockey really to to garner an opinion on watch it. Watch or listen to you, probably, probably listening to zero <laughs> hockey on the yeah. radio. I got uh, my, my hockey consumption comes through the hockey show uh, yes. with Pat Boyle and Barstool Chief. But um, the yeah, I, I don't have enough of an opinion yeah. to really garner listen, there. But it's the best way to uh, consume Blackhawks hockey these days. By the way, they are. Uh, I don't know. You know what? I, you know how I my Blackhawks consumption these days. Uh, is limited to watching Connor Bedard highlights. Mm. The, he's the obviously the uh, number one draft prospect who is considered a generational talent, and you know the the hope is that if the Blackhawks continue to be the worst team in the NHL, if they win the draft lottery, he would be the prize and potentially a guy in the you know in the atmosphere of somebody like Connor McDavid. Now that's obviously right. you know a, a high bar to to go ahead and uh, step over, but Maybe just maybe you know that's that could be the uh, you know the pot at the end of the rainbow for the Hawks of a terrible season so far. But yes, enough Blackhawks talk there. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, we'll save that for Saturday. Saturday. That's for Saturday. Uh, yes, exactly. Uh, the hockey show. Don't miss it. Pat We're Boyle stealing their thunder. Barstool Chief. Three one two three three two three seven seven six. I'm Meller. He's Aki. We're in for Carmen Yerko. Up next, we cross talk with Waddle and Sylvie in just two short minutes. Carmen and Yurko present today's final word. Because you had to be a big shot, didn't you? You had to open up your mouth. Today's final you word. Had to have the last word on Carmen and Yurko.